This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 10. I'm Thomas. I'm Jaden. I'm Austin. I'm Matt. Just everyday people trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. Because the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets, we're also working you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Common Chaos Podcast, episode 10. We got some big news this week. Our baby boy has finally grown up. Matt got himself a double stack. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I just wonder where you're going with that. <laughs> oh, geez. Matt, Matt is no longer carrying around his little single stack 45. 40. 40? 40, 40 yeah, sorry. 40. 40. He now has a double stack Glock 19 9 mil. Yeah, dog. How do you feel about that? I feel like a man. <laughs> I really do. So much better. So much more comfortable. Looking forward to carrying it. All right. Well, so Dakota's not here this week. Just me, Thomas, Mac, Matt. Um, and Thomas has what we're going to be talking about this week. Thomas, would you like to take us away, brother? Not particularly. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... A topic that we have discussed uh, briefly, you know, off off the air, um, amongst ourselves, and um, I, I talk, I've talked about it briefly with my dad actually earlier today, uh, was the idea of putting God in a box, and how as humans we like to, whether whether we do it intentionally or not. We describe God as all of these good things. You know, he's peaceful and he's loving and he's kind and all of the, you know, all of the fruits of the spirit, which are, can you say those? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Yep. I, was just, I, I was singing that song in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember them. Was that, what was that like? Was that some video that we watched, like, oh, dude, in no, Bible like, class or yeah. something? Every youth group or, like, ch- kids' church, we all learned yeah. that everywhere, dude. I think ours was Mrs. Dufford, whenever we had her for the... See, I one. thought mine was, like, Maybe second we... or third grade, like, Mrs. Barkley or something. That was probably then. It was probably every know. class. I don't remember. <laughs> every, every grade. I guess it could have been Mrs. Bogazic. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. Anyways, um, people... And they get caught up in that, and they describe God as all of these good things, which is true, because he is all of those things. But um, he is so much more than that. God did things that us humans consider bad. Yeah, well, that's that's where I'm going. And you actually brought that, that point up first 
Um, really? Did I? Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> it was it was a while, it was a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months ago. Uh, was the idea that yes, God is all of these good things, but humans and our finite minds and limited understanding, despite all of the amazing things that we can come up with and amazing things that we can describe, our minds are so finite and so limited that, you know, everybody pushes that, you know, God is love and God is all of these good things, but why could God not be what man interprets as evil? Yeah. And what, you know, I was talking, when I was talking to my dad about it earlier today, he said, you have, you know, I mean, that, you know, that is true. And it, that comes out of uh, Job chapter two. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish, you speak, yeah, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? Why, you know, yes, God is all of these good things. But as humans, we could interpret something that comes from him as evil, even if in the long run or in his grand scheme of things, it is intended as good. And it's just, it's, you can go nuts thinking about this stuff. Which is also another Bible verse. <laughs> yeah, because if, you know, God is, Jordan Peterson has a quote that I just heard earlier this week. It says, God is always what is outside of what you know. No matter how well we think we can describe him, he is that much more. Ad infinitum. Our minds are so limited that we just, we can't, we can't wrap our, our heads around it. And it's, I don't know, it's just crazy to think about. Uh, I have, like, this, this isn't about the, um evil aspect of like what humans have created as morals and what we judge what is good and what is evil but i had something similar where if someone was putting god in a box they tried to argue with me the other day because they just assumed that my standpoint on the situation was that god was a white man <laughs> and they tried to argue with me the other day about like god is god could be black and i was like yeah god could also be a girl God could be Saudi Arabian. God could be Chinese. God isn't a race. God isn't a gender. Right. It, like it doesn't matter he, what he God is, above is and beyond yeah. everything. <laughs> God could be anything you want him to be. He doesn't have to be a race or a gender. God is everything. God is. I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I. It doesn't say what he is. He just says he is. He exists. <laughs> yeah. It's not a. It's not a fill in the blank. Uh -huh sort of statement My, that is yeah. just a literal so that, that's what I'm like that argument where people are like oh well you got a black Jesus hanging in your church it's like well who cares It it's not like God is what you see him as it doesn't matter if he's black, white, Muslim well no that does matter because that's a religion <laughs> yeah. no but it doesn't matter if he's white, black, Chinese like the, it, that's not God yeah, there was a there was a seminar that I was watching on YouTube, and this guy was kind of he was basically doing the exact same thing that you did, and he went into like the who who was Jesus, and at the very beginning, whenever he brought it up, he had it was like ten different pictures, and it was literally all around the world, and every image that he pulled up was Jesus quote mm -hmm. unquote air, air quotes for 
those who can't see me doing it. But um, yeah, he he pulled up like ten different pictures of Jesus, and literally every single one was that culture's interpretation. Like it, it matched with with their traditions yeah. and their idea their of society. like yeah, exactly. And personally, I see nothing wrong with that. If 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 you're if you're preaching the same gospel and you're preaching love and that Christ is savior and that's how you get to God. I don't care what you think Jesus looked like. I don't care what you think God looks like. Like you, you're, as long as you're on the same track of preaching the gospel and that Christ is Lord and that's the only way to salvation, then whatever, sure, go for it. You just have to be careful that you don't let that become a priority. Become a priority. Yeah, when it becomes an idol... When, when you're actually worshiping an image of a human, then there's an issue. Because Jesus was obviously, like, a Saudi Arabian man. Like, maybe not Saudi Arabian specifically, but yeah. Israeli. Yeah. Like, he, he wasn't white. No. So, like, it, it's not about worshiping the image. It's about worshiping the figure. Yeah. And I think that people get caught up on the image of God. Sometimes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, like, I'm trying to pull that back to putting God in a box where it's like God isn't what you think he is and like that Jordan Peterson quote what is it God is always what is outside of what you know yeah so as soon as you think that you know what God is he's immediately not that <laughs> yes. yeah yeah I mean I let, let, like I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase that he is that and then he is everything else that you can explain yeah along with that basically a that and more yeah, infinitely more. <laughs> like he he is things that we have never experienced. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to think about. Like there, like there are words that haven't even been invented that describe him. Yeah, that's how crazy it is. There's this show. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but it's called The Good Place, and the one character in it. The, one of the main characters, he's a demon, and they asked him what his favorite color was, and he was like, it's something that you can't perceive. And they were like, well, try and explain it. And he's like, well, you know when you hear an acoustic guitar playing and a baby laughing at the same time? Make that a color. And that's my favorite color. And that kind of, like, put it in into, like, just in a, a thought. Yeah. We can't perceive things. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. I want to... The way that I'm, God I'm, can. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into something here that's, like, complete opposite of, like, religion, okay? Because okay. I've been listening to these Joe Rogan podcasts, Okay. all right? And he was talking with Cowboy. Yeah. Um, Cerrone, the UFC fighter, about DMT trips. Yeah, he's okay. super into that stuff. I know he is. And, I, like, after hearing him talk about it, like, I would not be opposed to trying something like that. It sounded so cool. Okay, because, and they're like, and that's what you're talking, like, mm -hmm. you're seeing sounds yes. is basically what, and like they were they were talking about these different things and just like seeing colors and hearing things that you never even thought were possible and realizing that while you're still like in your body you're experiencing like almost another dimension of reality consciousness yeah yeah so so i've not done a lot of research, but listened to a lot of people talk about their experiences on things like DMT and shrooms and acid. Yeah. Mike Tyson, he does shrooms every day. 
like a lot of shrooms every day. Wow. And he was talking on a podcast that I listened to and they, they asked him about God and they were like, so like, where does, where does God tie into how you like perceive things now? And he said, I am God. And they were like, well, what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, God is God, but I am also him. And I was like, I was I don't like, know about that one. I, yeah, and I, I couldn't figure out if he was trying to say that he is literally God or that God is in him. Yeah, but I think that he was territory. Yeah, yeah, I think he was coming from a place where the the shrooms had messed up his brain to a point where he can't perceive actual reality yeah. anymore. He doesn't know what is up yeah. and what is down. Hmm. So the way that Joe Rogan and the guys like Cowboy Cerrone do shrooms, their bodies are actual machines. They have made their bodies temples. And they do it to a point where they'll go three and a half years, never touch any of it, and then they'll go sit in the desert for a week and do DMT. Mm -hmm. And that can be a religious experience where you actually get to figure yourself out and you actually get to figure out the world around you. But there's people like Mike Tyson that do shrooms every day of their life and a lot of it. And now they're cracked out of their minds and don't know what is up and what is down. It's so weird to think about. So it, it comes to the point where it's, it isn't about changing your reality, but rather challenging your current thoughts is kind yeah. of what you're saying. That, that And that's how... People like Joe Rogan look right, at it. Right. They they look at it in a way that it's not like they don't like where they are in life. It's not like they're depressed and they're just some person going out and doing drugs and becoming a drug addict. They are at a good place in life and they're like, I'm gonna try and think a little deeper. And then they're using this as a performance enhancing drug. There yeah, it, it, it's a performance enhancing drug for your brain. And so they'll they'll go out into the forest and you'll or the desert and you'll hear them come back and be like, "What? Well, like my whole life is different. I think about all these things completely differently now." And so like it, I don't know. Religiously, it's a very sketchy thing. Like I don't know where, as Christians, we should stand on things like that. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I mean, I, I won't sit here and lie. I've done acid and I, and I don't care to tell the world that I, I did it I got nothing out of it dude I watched every Harry Potter movie yeah. in one night yeah and like it was just a it was a terrible experience I hated every second of it and I actually regretted doing it but would that experience be different if I was sitting in the forest and actually thinking about things that I should be thinking about and not a stupid college kid that was in a dorm room watching Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is... This is something that I've not thought much about. I mean, I know we, we talked about the whole drugs and cussing and... Or not, well, not drugs, smoking and cussing and alcohol and stuff. But that's... I think this Bible, is a different Does the animal. Bible ever mention anything about drugs? Yeah. It does? Yeah, I, 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 I dug into it at one point in time in life. But I don't remember anything that I learned, which is which sucks because I, I did know a, a good bit at one point in my life, but I haven't talked about it in so long I forgot. So like, 
I guess where would you where would you draw the line? Like I'll, I don't know, I don't know like if this stuff is it man made? Is it I mean, a lot of it is shrooms, but it like it still comes naturally. Naturally, DMT is man made. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but I mean but your, it's man made, but it's also made it. from things that are natural too. At some point, right? Yeah. So like, what's the what's the difference so, like, between man made and if natural? Like this, this is like this is crossing into like super shady territory. All right, but if we're given dominion over the earth, right. Like is it is it really outside our realm? Oh, sorry. <laughs> is it really outside our realm of what we would consider moral to like? We are allowed to do. Yeah. So I'm not. I, I'm not saying that I'm going to go out here and start doing DMT trips or anything like yeah. that. But I'm like I'm just like asking. I don't know, I'm asking <laughs> you questions because I've yeah. not really thought about this much before. So we're given dominion over the earth. But when does dominion become abuse? Abuse, because God, okay. Well, I'll say weed and shrooms. Those are things that grow on the planet and that do the job that it's there to do pretty darn well. Yeah. Why? So uh, this is weird. This is hard to say. Like, when was it okay for humans to take those things? genetically or not genetically or like modify them in a way to make them 85 times stronger when the one thing alone is fine i think we gotta reel it back and revisit this there's way too much to dig into i mean like i i know that like we didn't plan on opening this up but like this is this, <laughs> yeah, is, this is like is a, a lot this, this is, is a weird. big one in and of itself and we like haven't like i don't know i haven't thought about anything like this in a, a little while yeah and this requires a lot of deep yeah, thought I, and I, stuff, I, so. I just kind of like stumbled because we were talking about yeah, like right yeah. trying no, no, to it's describe cool. god and then i was like you like know, wait that, a minute <laughs> yeah it, i mean it's cool and there, there's a lot of, of people that like talk about like the spiritual experiences on psychedelics and things like that and, and again like that is that's a big topic in and of itself that I, i've researched before but i don't remember what my research is and it, it sucks but Thanks for my awful memory. But um, that's yeah, something that, like, th there is a lot of theory and stuff behind that. And I'd like to dig into it more. We could keep asking ourselves questions, but, I mean, I don't... We're just going to sit here and ask questions, yeah, which, is, which is okay. But, but I'm we saying, don't have the actual research in right, front of us that right, people have done. Right. So, yeah, I, I would love to loop back to that at yeah. some point when we've actually looked mm -hmm. at it. Yeah. But if we go back to specifically putting God in a box, I have an example here from the Bible, which I would actually, I would like, while I'm going over this, if one of you want to maybe look up the verses of God being quote unquote evil. Yeah, I already got it. I was already on you it. You got some? Yeah. Okay. So here, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the two verses that I have about God being this. What man would perceive as yeah. evil. And then. It's not evil. Oh, it's not evil. I got the not evil verses, and then Matt has the oh, okay. evil ones. Okay. So, Exodus 4, 1 and 2, uh, God is talking to Moses in the burning bush, and Moses says to God, what if they don't believe me? So, just then in there, Moses put God in a box, because he said to God, what if you can't do it? What if they don't believe me? And God pretty much ignores him. And he says, what's that in your hand? And it was a staff, whatever. He was a shepherd out in the desert. And 
God says, I'm going to use that staff to make them believe you. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is, I can overcome it. Like, they're, they're, it doesn't matter. Moses had a speech impediment. And he's like, I don't care. Screw the speech impediment. I'm going to make a stick turn into a snake. And the Pharaoh is going to scream and yell like a little girl. Um, next one I have is Genesis 18.12. And this is God is talking to Abraham and Sarah about having Isaac. Isaac? Yes, Isaac. Um, God says, Sarah, you're going to have a kid. I'm God. I'm going to make it happen. And Sarah laughs at God and says, how will I bear a child at my age? Like, I'm an old woman. I can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. And God replied, why does she laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's the same thing with um, Elizabeth and her husband. Lot? No, no. In the New Testament with John the Baptist. His parents. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Um, I don't remember. She was uh, Mary's she, cousin? She, she, yeah, Mary's cousin. Yeah. Um, she was... She was old too. I don't know, but um, yeah, she was pretty old. Let me see if I can find it here. I didn't know her name was Elizabeth. Yes, yes that's your sister's name. Yes, it is. That's honestly what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I thought he was. Zacharias. Zacharias. Um, yeah, Zacharias was her husband's name. I'm honestly really impressed that you just found Luke, that. Luke 1, 13, the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Which is John the Baptist, for anyone that doesn't know the story we're talking about. And Zacharias, first skip all the way over to verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day of these things take place. Because you did not believe in my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. How scary is that? That's, I mean, yeah. You question God and he's like, dude, you're, you're mute gonna, now. You're not going to talk for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. But it's people putting God in a box. People are like, God can't do that because it isn't humanly possible. God's not human. God's not black. God's not white. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But now we're going to go to the flip side of that coin where man has created standards for good and evil, but those standards do not apply to an omniscient, all-knowing being. Yeah. So what do you got, Matt? Hold on. I want to interject there. Okay. And the you do kind of have to be careful with that because God himself is not evil. It's, and I, I guess I kind, of explained, yeah. I kind of explained this earlier and people often equate evil and sin. You have to make the, you have to know the difference there. All right. God, because God is not capable of sin. That is evil of itself. It's whenever, whenever we say evil, God is saying that God is capable of evil. It's saying not that he actually does evil things, but it is what we interpret as evil from mm -hmm. our from our limited perspective. Matt, go ahead. Isaiah talks about um, in in the beginning of Isaiah uh, talks about how Isaiah had a, a vision, um, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, 
which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jonathan, a bunch of big names I can't pronounce. But um, later on in chapter 1, um, he talks about the vision that he had, and it says, How the faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your wine mixed with water, your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes and follows after rewards. They do not defend the fatherless, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, the Lord says, The Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, I will rid myself of my adversaries and take vengeance on my enemies. And have we brought this verse up in the past? Uh, not this one specifically. I think we several brief. Like well, I guess that wasn't on air either. Whenever we were oh. talking about God, like the idea that we live in the God and being evil and everything, I, we talked about it. Yeah, in, in private we've discussed but not on air. But, I mean, that, that goes to show you, he literally says, I will take vengeance on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you and thoroughly purge away your dross and take away all your alloy. So, it, like, he's literally, it, it says, I will restore your judges is at the first and your counselors is at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So, like, he literally talks about wiping people out. Yeah. And is that not evil and that's that's what i'm saying from the people that he is wiping out like from their perspective they would view god as evil because he's because you're being murdered right and not not that he goes out and does these things simply for the joy of doing them it is to accomplish his ultimate good yeah is is the reason behind it um i think i think nowadays I think so. Th that topic specifically is what uh, one of the things that people have against the Bible. A lot of people that that aren't Christians and don't believe in the Bible, they're like, "Well, how could your God let genocide happen? How mm. could your God command genocide?" Yeah. And like Thomas just said, overall, he was trying to enact his good. And you, you go. So taking that one step further down the theological path, um, yes, I've been please. reading this book. Um, it's it's really intense. Um, I shared a few snippets uh, mm -hmm. with the group, but uh, basically, like any of the Old Testament uh, doom and gloom, genocide stuff like that, um, if you actually read through um, the majority of it, uh, it comes down to the fact that. Um, uh, the sons of God and then the sons of man sons of God referring to like the divine council and everything I don't know if you guys like looked into that much um, but essentially God had his family of other powerful beings like other gods with the lowercase g um, and then from there they decided that they wanted to be big g God and God so would... like angels uh, no like legitimate like gods like okay. all of the idols and things that they were worshiping in the old testament oh, so... were like legit gods okay. like it's this stuff was wild and it blew my mind yeah, like it's yeah it's, it's i've real, heard theories like that it's real crazy but um yeah there's like a ton of verses that just like culminate into um like all, all kinds of <laughs> crazy stuff like this but essentially kind of getting to the point that i was trying to make 
Um, whenever it gets into uh, the sons of man, it was essentially the Nephilim, yep. um, the ones that were um, the angels. Angels had babies. sex with humans. Yeah. And then the, the giants, giants uh, the races yep. of giants. And Goliath. these were all those people that God was like, we can't have these people. And because the Israelites were his chosen people, they were the, the people for the job. So it wasn't like genocide as we look at it today, like just wiping out. They entire, were, it was there was a was reason a behind it, and yeah. that's exactly so what that's, you were talking about with the. That's another topic. That's but it. why did God let that happen though? Because well, free he, will. He, yeah, he didn't because Satan chose to become Satan. Okay. But so so, based off of what you just said, so again, it's a lot, and we <laughs> we've never discussed this before. So I, I like I'm I'm picking his brain as we go. Yeah. Um. Every genocidal act that happened in the Old Testament was based on that fact. Was so. all of these Nephilim type uh, yeah. groups of people? Yeah, okay. uh, essentially. So basically, it goes back to the uh, Tower of Babel, um, and in that uh, like experience of all of that stuff, basically, whenever um, the flood happened and everything, God gave His command to Noah of be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. It came to the Tower of Babel, in this book that I'm reading through, the uh, the reason why God separated everyone and confused their language was because they were not being fruitful and multiplying. They were bringing God down to one central location, yeah. and they were like, hey, we, we got you here, so it's fine. But in, in addition to that, there were all of the other ziggurats that they called it, which were other places of worship. So they had all of their places of worship for these other gods, and then God dispersed mm. not only the people, but those gods to their respective lands, and then as, as that went along. That's an, like interesting, that's an interesting thing, yeah. Yeah. I, I've been reading through this book for the past week. And You're going to have to toss that book my way. Oh, later. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, What's it called? Uh, I don't get it. It's by uh, Dr. Mike Heiser. Um, I think I've actually heard of him. Yeah, he has a, uh, a YouTube uh, a lot of YouTube videos. He's like this big, big doctor guy. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the you brought up the Nephilim. That's a topic that I've heard of that I've not actually. Nephilim is a super cool because I've done a lot of research on that specifically. Jake Brogazic was big into that stuff. Well, I was I, I, I was never, into I it never, with him. Yeah, I never got into it. So I don't. I, I've heard the term and I know kind of what it is, but I like where in scripture is that found? And uh, Old Testament mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Like Goliath was yeah, yeah, yeah. a child of Nephilim. So, so what's what's your final remark on that then, Mac? Like to tie that back in. Uh, so basically, well, kind of going along with the genocide, like that's that would be my rebuke towards like why people like because that is the biggest thing that people bring up is like if the genocide. If that's, why was... does God allow genocide? And it's like that's yes, it was, but it was more of a holy war at that point because it was still man but it was also not like deities but like angels things like that that were reproducing with man creating unholy things yeah in which case it was Hmm. wipe them out interesting yeah that is is an interesting concept to 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 kind of play devil's advocate and be on the other side of that argument i'll bring up job god yeah so god let all these bad things happen to job right why does God let bad things happen? Because in the book of Job, 
Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, came to God and he was like, if your followers are so great, then let me just attack them. And God was like, all right, here's Job. Have at it. Attack Job. Do whatever you want to him. You cannot kill him. You cannot... F mm. You can't kill him? There were a couple rules. What was it? <laughs> it was, you can't kill him. Hold on. You can't... It's in, chap it's in chapter one. It should be, yeah. <laughs> um... But he says, he says, he gives Satan some rules mm -hmm. that is like, you can't do these things to Job, but other than that, have at it. Like, go ahead. Job is such a faithful servant. He'll never stop following me. He will always be my good and faithful servant. And so that, that's where I want to pick your brain about God let all of these bad things happen to Job. His wife died, his children were killed, his cattle got destroyed, his fortune was lost. And at one point in the book, we find Job sitting on top of a pile of feces and clay pots, scraping off boils off of his arms. So why, did, playing devil's advocate, why did God let all of those things happen to Job? There's a test. But those are evil things from Satan. Why is God letting those things happen? Yeah, to, to to prove something or test something would be. I mean, and I mean that's what. Um, you, uh, yeah, I mean, you could honestly say that God was kind of. I don't. You, you got to be careful with interpretations here, too. Yeah, this is all interpretation. This is just here, just I'll, talking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to start with verse six in chapter one. It said, "Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them." And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears the Lord and shuns evil? So Satan answers the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So you you could honestly say that, I, I guess it depends on where you how, how you interpret it. You could say there in verse 8, he's taunting Satan. To, I mean, to an extent, you have to be careful with that, but he's like, hey, have you seen this guy? He's mine. He's mine. <laughs> yeah, because Satan didn't bring it up. God did. Yeah. Hmm. You you could say, no, I mean, I don't, Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not an expert here, but you could, you could look at it that way. That's and, interesting. I think that argument also comes down to everything still remains to be a choice. So it's like, even, what was it, the, like, the, the stupid cliche, if, if you don't love me at my worst, you can't have me at my best, or yeah. whatever that is. But it, it's almost like that, though. It's like, if, if we love God at our best, obviously, it's going to be super easy, and it's going to be right. great roses, butterflies, right. all that stuff. And, you know, if we get into r rough spots in our lives, and we're like, 
wow, you're really not doing anything for me right now. Why, why do I do any of these things for you yeah. sort of deal? So it's like, a, like, like you said, it's testing of faith. Why, why does God want to test though? Why does he, like, what's the, what's the point of testing? I think that that just comes you know with I mean? free will. Mm-hmm. Is it? If if he's given us free will, he's got to be like, well, let's just enact it. Here we go. Let's let's work your free I will. I guess I guess if if there is a such thing as good, there's a such thing as evil. So if there's a such thing as God, then there's a such thing as Satan. And <clears throat> if both of those things fight against each other and we do have free will, then yeah, there's going to be trials. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? Does that answer that, that question? Be. Does that answer my question completely? It does to me. Okay, it kind of does to me it, too. If if there is good, there is evil. If there is God, there is Satan. So if there is free will, there is the challenging of that free will. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense to me. I think that kind of nails it. James one two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yeah, well, that kind of gets out of the... And then uh, going on to verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. And when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So that, yeah. Evil exists, but you could say to an extent, we create, we evil. create our own evil. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess. They like just gave nuts. The way that, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> that was nice, I mean, dude. That's, that's that was a good. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the way that evil entered the world. There was a temptation, and then man made a choice. God didn't create it. We created the evil. Okay, so here, on that note, why did God create the fruit in the first place? Free will? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Just to just to put it out there that we could choose that? Because he didn't that? want robots. Because he could have easily done that. He could have been could have like, hey, you guys, you're... Uh, I mean, he essentially yeah, did that yeah, with several of the could, angels. They're literally project. just worshiping him for all eternity and everything but think of, i was thinking about it like a relationship like think about like my fiance autumn if if i forced her to be in a relationship with me then like i get nothing out of that like that doesn't make me happy but i want to be somebody that she wants me to be in order to yeah. like attract and that's yeah. you know what I'm that's saying? also on a human level like right. with him it's so beyond our just comprehension that right. it's like but yeah, essentially, it became like he has his hem- heavenly family, which is also in this book. Uh, um, so he has his he- heavenly family, yeah. like the angels and everything. Creatures, but those creatures they talk about in yeah. Revelations and yeah, but that's yeah, that like, scary. <laughs> creating that was... creating Eden was like his ultimate goal to have his heavenly family and his earthly family put together. But so because of sin. Oh, I I want to talk about is. that. In so Separate. much more depth, <laughs> yeah. like the actual heavenly family thing, because I got like so many things run through my mind. But I want to, I want to talk about putting God in a box. Let's, I'm going to get back onto that. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. A lot of times when people read New and Old Testament, they think of Jesus and God as this uh, as two different people, yeah. but they are one. But they think of them as this 
robotic being that is just enacting X, Y, and Z. And all these, like, it's just, it's never, I think a lot of people don't think of Jesus as a person. But the whole point of Jesus was that he came to earth, put on a meat suit, as Mr. Sweeney would say, <laughs> put on a meat suit and became man. And with becoming man comes feelings and thoughts and emotions and temptation. Yeah, and one of the things that I've found when we read, me and Matt did a Bible study on the book of John. One of the things that we found was that Jesus was sarcastic. (laughs) Thomas Thomas just thought of something. But Jesus was sarcastic. Jesus laughed at people. Jesus made fun of people. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the story of his mother at the, the wedding. She comes up to him and she's like, hey, he, he's, he gets there like at the end of the wedding where they're all already drunk and all that. And his mother Mary comes up to him and says, hey, Jesus, we're out of wine. And he, it says it right there, flat out in the Bible. He says to his mother, woman, why is that my problem? <laughs> <laughs> and she ignores him, looks at the servant that was beside Jesus and says, do whatever he says, because I'm his mom and he's going to do it anyway. And then Jesus proceeded to be like, fine. And he went and he did it. But a lot of people don't think of Jesus like that. But Jesus was a person. He was a personable person. Like, he made sense. He was sarcastic and like all the things that I said before. And people just don't see it like that. And I think that when I figured that out, my relationship with God got a lot better. Because it made me understand that the emotions that I feel aren't far off from what Jesus had. Well, that's that's like right there. We are made in God's image. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we all have different personalities and everything. But that alone kind of speaks to the magnitude of us putting God in a box. Mm -hmm. Because it's like every single person (laughs) is made in the image of God. Yeah. Like, just, just think about that for a moment. There are how, how many billion? Six and a half billion, whatever it is right now. That's crazy. And, and literally every single one of them made in the image of God. Do you know how many differences there are? <laughs> literally, if you yeah. travel to the west of the U.S., you don't even have to go that far. Go to West Virginia, <laughs> and it's a whole different breed of humans. Like, <laughs> And I always think about that, like, and you can probably chime into this because you got all that psychology background, but... My brain and the way it works and the way I perceive things every day is extremely different from the way Matt's brain works and the way he perceives things and sees things every day. So is it that like, have you ever seen those, those like viral videos where they're like pretending to be God and they're like, Oh, I'm going to make me today, whatever their name was. And they pour like a little bit of this attribute and a little bit of this attribute. And then like a lot of the next one. Do you think that like that's pretty much what God did? Like he 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 said, "I'm making Jaden today. I'm gonna make him not be able to spell. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make him have an inability to think when he's trying to think." <laughs> but like like you know what I'm saying? Like he created me with all the special attributes that I have. Created Matt with all the special attributes that he has. Is there? attributes of god that matt has that i don't 
did did God break apart break pieces of him off to make each human? Or are we all 100% the personality of God, but we suppress the different attributes because of the things that we've experienced on this earth? That's an intriguing Dang, dude. statement. Uh, Dang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're I'm gonna be up. honest. We're, I never thought about that before. Coming up with some, because I got a good question here too. Well, the, everything I just said, I have never thought about before. It's just my brain spouting yeah, information. That's where it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you got any thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something, baby. I, I think I think the second makes more sense. The idea that we all have a hundred percent God personality. But the traits the are suppressed. Way, the, the the way that we were raised, I don't I don't know. You have to like because everybody's you like everybody's created unique. Is it? Yeah, you're right. You also have to incorporate the presence of sin as well. Yeah. Because previously everything was perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect. They were perfect specimens. Yeah. From there, who knows what could have been added to the to the gene pool from that I mean, point on? It's like. Think about like a like a baby like a baby that's born, like there's nothing e inherently evil inside of them. Like baby, babies are like literally the the purest that they can be. No, I disagree. In human minds, sometimes that's like the. What I think humans as, as humans they use. Innately, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with what you're saying. Because humans three, are inherently evil. Yeah, they are. They a lot of people use babies as like the idea of purity. Because, because they, they can't haven't do actually experienced anything. So that's that's what I was getting. I was well, I was going to talk about the influence that the world has on them. Like they are who they are whenever they're born, but the influence that they have as they're growing up, that is what them. yeah, yeah there's, changes. There's them. That's three, what I was talking. About. So I had okay, okay, you go. Okay, uh, there's three different going on what you're saying. There's three different um, theories. It's innately good, innately evil, and then uh, tabula rasa, which is blank slate. So okay. like everybody is born neither good nor evil and it's like based on their nature and uh, nurture nurture it's like it goes from there mm -hmm. but yeah. what do you think it is i mean personally i think everybody's evil <laughs> yeah so i had i had this conversation with terry the other week actually where he said do you believe that we're that everyone is evil and i said yes i think humans are innately evil when they are born and he was like, well, how can you say that? It's like the situations that they're brought up in. I said, okay, well, think about it this way. And I'm going to propose this to you guys too. Tell me what you think. Say you take an infant child that has had no outside like experience. And this is obviously a theoretical thing because you can't do it. They'll die. But say that the infant child grows up perfectly fine, isn't going to die or anything, and but doesn't have the influence of other humans. Will that being never sin and if you answer yes then it kind of negates everything about jesus coming in yeah the human being that was never influenced by any outside perspective the human being that is just set out yeah i think they would you think that they would end right. up sinning yeah. Because so, I mean, God's, so humans God's, are inherently by God's right. standard, by God's standards, yes. they would. Because it talks they about how have, go ahead, sorry. Like like God saves people. Like if you're saved, like if you don't know God, then you're not saved. 
and that's talking about like being saved from death, being saved from eternal condemnation and everything else. So like if you're not saved by those things and you don't know God, well, if it's either good or evil, like it's not like an in between. It's like, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Do you think that's right? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of throwing out there like what I'm thinking. I don't know. I, but like... That's what I think too, though. Like people are inherently evil, and if you are given the opportunity of free will, you're not all, like never are you always going to choose the correct answer. I was going to say I'm going to take it back to the evil part of okay. defining evil because that's really important too. I, I'm whenever I say that I believe that all people are inherently evil, it is from like you were saying it's God's from standards. God's standards, not our standards. Yes. Like, do I think that no matter what happens, if somebody's born and they're just going with no influence from anything aside from themselves, are they going to murder someone? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Like, it, it, that form of evil yeah, is you... not, like, something that... But by God's standards, if you are birthed, <laughs> you are evil. Evil. Yeah. You. I mean, you dive into so many different things because you talk about like not having any of the outside influences but human it you know you get into the whole law of nature thing and humans being born with you know this natural moral compass even if they don't have outside influence and that's all psychology and yeah and so from an evolutionary perspective right say that we came from monkeys and we were just the species of monkey that became better. And we started using tools. And we started doing all that. And we started thinking for ourselves. When did the moral compass come along? If not for an outside force. Yeah. Like what, what? What would be the purpose? Yeah, why, why, would, why would I make that up? Why would evolution say, hey... Hey, yeah. You, you guys need to think. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if, if my only, from an evolutionary perspective, if my only purpose is to eat, poop, and reproduce. have sex. <laughs> I couldn't think of reproduce. Have sex. <laughs> if, if that's my only purpose to be on the earth, why would I start thinking of a higher power and a higher being? Because I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I ever would. If we take life back to its simplest form of survival and reproduction, why would I evolve into thinking that there's something else out there that is greater than me that can control me? Not control Not con- me, yeah, but yeah. like can, it controls things. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? Well, it's just it's just logic, like it's going back to like the uncaused the like the uncaused cause. But why, from an evolutionary perspective, why did logic? Oh, from an evolutionary, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why did it become? Why did it become? Like, if if I'm a group of monkeys that learns how to use tools and make life easier, why did I start using logic? Right. Why did I start philosophizing? No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, what is it? That's good. It's, is that right? Roll with it, dude. I don't okay, care. Okay, we're, we're keeping it. Yeah. Like, why did I start doing that stuff? Right. If there wasn't something that created it to make me think that. Right. Hmm. All right. <laughs> that's all I got on that topic. 
That's taking God out of the box. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There are so many questions that we just proposed that we did not give answers to. I mean, how can you? How can you? How can you? Yeah. Like, they're just, like, these these are all theories. These are all questions that we won't know until we're dead. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Because I just, like, I I was writing down questions. Here's another one that we won't be able to answer, all right? (laughs) Dude, I hate this episode, man. No, I love love this. We're just, we're thinking. We're thinking outside of the box. Yeah, but we don't have any answers. Yeah, okay, well, are you looking for answers? I just like finding the questions because it's weird to think about. So here's here's what I was thinking before you proposed your question. And we could even actually... Propose your question at the beginning of next episode because we're getting long. But the thing that I was thinking was the people that listen to this, do you think when we have conversations like the one we just had, they're like, what the hell are these people talking about? I was going to say, we... So we're we're out here doing DMT trips. (laughs) I was going to say, we we did kind of start with that. That was kind of like our second part of this. Yeah. Yeah. DMT and now we're just like going off it. Like, like we proposed a question at the beginning, and then we just kind of proposed a bunch of questions off of it because that is exactly what putting God in a box is. <laughs> Dude, that is true. You just brought it full circle. Like That is like, true. Like, we put God in a box so that what we just did doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Because we just you went... Just, you, you'll lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about this stuff, you can go crazy. We just talked about a bunch of nonsense for two hours. <laughs> And it's like, well, yeah, that's exactly what putting God in a box is. Yeah. Gosh darn, man. <laughs> we're, we're, that was good. Uh, wait till you guys hear this question that I've got. Wait, just wait. Okay. Just wait. So it's, it's it, oh, it's wild. <laughs> so there's your cliffhanger because next week's episode is going to be a continuation of this week because we are actually going to record it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening. This has been the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 10. Bye, everybody. See you next time.